We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's the Dork Podcast. It's the Dork Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dork Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dork Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? I'm having a wonderful night, Richard. How are you? Uh, I'm having a great night as well. Ryan, we are less than six weeks away until our very next live show. Is that right? Six weeks? Yeah, under six weeks. April 7th. So hopefully everybody out there has saved the date. April 7th at Idle Hands. We will be previewing Avengers Endgame, which we are very excited. Oh, and by the way, also the uh, out this week is the Triforce Auction Movie Draft for 2019. Sure is. the uh, Mac and Goo podcast, the yep. Boxers Bot podcast, and the Hashtag Dork podcast, Ryan. Yeah, and, and the, the reigning champs, mind The you. reigning, defending, undisputed movie draft champions, Hashtag Dork. We're going for two in a row. Nobody's ever won back-to-back titles in this. <laughs> We've only done it for two years, so no one's this ever is, won back-to-back. This is the third year now, and uh, we'll, so you got to go over to Mac and Goo uh, for that. So check out Mac and Goo on iTunes or wherever else. Listen to the episode. Uh, don't want to spoil it too much, but we won. We clearly Oh, yeah, clearly it's, not even, it's not even a question. Yeah. Like you, If you want to, it's a pretty sizable episode, too. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Go ahead clocking and, go in ahead well and, over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we could have done it in parts, I think, you know. But, um, yeah, yeah, if you want to save yourself oh, some time, you, we won. Where do you come down on that, by the way? For people who listen to podcasts, ours are always an hour or right around mm-hmm. an hour. I honestly don't give a shit how long they are because I listen to them in bursts anyway. Like, I either listen to them walking the dog or in the summer mowing the lawn or, you know, usually on my way home. On my way into work, I'm listening to sports radio. On the way home, at that point, I've already kind of exhausted it, and so I'm usually listening to it on the way home. So I don't really care if the episode is 20 minutes or three hours. I don't care. Do you care? Um, I don't. I like you. I when I listen to podcasts passively when I do other things. So if I'm like doing dishes or I'm like lesson planning or I'm doing something that I would normally do, yeah. uh, sometimes I listen when I'm actually. This is weird to say, but if I'm playing video games and it's not anything that requires me listening. Yeah, there's a uh, certain type of game that you can do that with. Yeah, like if I'm playing like a racing game or something where right. I don't necessarily have to know what's going on around me, like I can, mm-hmm. I, you know, pop on a podcast. Plus, I have those bone conduction headphones, which I can like listen Ooh, to other. Nice. I can listen to other stuff while I'm listening to a podcast, which is kind of nice. That's, that's pretty good. Not to brag, Ryan, but I, I've been trying to go to the gym uh, over the last Ooh, several months. You and, and me that's both, another, man. That's another time where I'll pop it on, you know, yeah. and I'll just be walking around aimlessly and there were times you know you and i would throw on some pantera some tool some Marilyn manson or insane clown posse if you're you and Um, and now now look at us now i'm listening to mac and goo listening to podcasts (laughs) like a real schlep to play that much all right ryan what do you say we get to the news hit it Congratulations on a very successful Oscars viewing party on your Twitch stream. Oh, thank Ryan. you very much. I, I, we we were holding steady around twenty people, which I never usually do. Um, Pretty good. 
It was great, and we had a fun time. It's, it seemed natural. Thank you for coming in for a little bit. Thought I'd jump you know. in. I was. I felt. I felt underdressed. You guys really did a nice job. Really it was a did black a nice tie job. affair. Yeah. Uh, you and your wife just commenting on the Oscars from start to finish. Start to and finish. We did the whole thing seamless. I'll tell you what, and, yeah. and maybe it helped that you guys were there and I was following along on Twitch all night. But I thought I was. I didn't know how I was going to go without a host. Pretty. Pretty smooth show. I, yeah. I didn't mind. I didn't miss the host. No, I didn't miss like this whole stupid musical act that they would have in the beginning. I didn't miss any of that. Um, yeah. It was fine. And the people who presented were entertaining enough where you right. didn't really like, miss the whole thing. You could throw in a couple of jokes. Like they opened up Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph. Yep. They later got to like John Mulaney. They did the thing with Melissa McCarthy. With They always do like the wardrobe. The best ever wardrobe one or makeup one yeah. was when Ben Stiller dressed up as the fucking creature from Avatar. <laughs> That and was his good eyes one, yeah. were just so creepy. It's yeah. like being dead serious. Like that was actually really funny. But anyway, the Oscars were good. Now, I really liked Green Book, but apparently it's a very controversial winner, which I didn't realize going into it. And then after there's really been a lot of backlash against it. Well, I think it was this whole thing. I think you mentioned it when we were hosting the the the, the Oscars. The Davy family was hosting the Oscars. Let's not yeah, kid ourselves. That's right. Um, but you were talking about how or it might have been in the chat or someone was talking about like how like this movie about diversity was made by a whole bunch of old white guys. Yes, that which, is uh, true. Which is the thing, which is the thing that like upset a lot of people, you know. And there and there's definitely, I guess, and uh, I guess a lot of it coming out is like it's one of these movies where it's like, oh, like the white guy saves the black guy situation. Right. Yeah. And I suppose that is true if that's if that's what your takeaway is. I guess it's hard to argue. But I mean, I could even look at it the other way, too. And I could say that the, the black character in this movie in a way kind of saved the white character. Not that the white character needed saving as much. Like, you know, I don't want to spoil the whole thing. But what I'm saying is you can almost make a counter argument for it. But. I don't know. It, tons of backlash, though, for it. I happen to enjoy it. I watched seven of the eight by the end of it. Uh, Best Picture nominated movies. That Black Panther, Black Klansman would have been the three that I would have been happy with winning. The sure. other ones, I, I would have said no, no freaking chance. How about and people are uh, are a flutter on Twitter about this, about Bohemian Rhapsody winning Best Editing. When the, and everyone oh, shows that one scene where they have like it's an insane amount of cuts. Yeah, the one scene with, scene. Little, with Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that 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 movie was not great and then the edit like certainly the editing wasn't. And then Rami Malek th- this is also pretty polarizing cuz on the one hand I think he did do a pretty good job, but on the other hand he lip sank and lip sank. Lip sank. Right? <laughs> lip synced <laughs> or lip sank? What would you say? I lip- well, I I've sunk? always said lip synced, but I now I love lip sank and I'm going to use that forever now. So there you go. There's one. So he lip sank <laughs> in the movie. And like some of the best parts in the movie were like the songs, but it's because you remember the songs right. and because Queen is a good band. Sure. So anyway, I don't know about that one. I liked Viggo Mortensen a lot, but again, that movie apparently has problems. Um, <laughs> then Olivia Coleman from the favorite one, best actress. And she had a pretty funny acceptance speech. She was pretty funny. It, she was, she was all of us. I mean, if you, someone put you yeah. in front of that room full of people and said like, speak. It's so funny. Like at the end of it, she just like looks in the crowd. She's like Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like those people. I like uh, the people that go up there and make it out to be like acting is the most important job in the world. Those people I hate. Well, they but start the talking about the craft there, and oh all my that God, stuff, and just like how important it is and like the work that they do. I'm like, all right, Jesus, can you not? Yeah. But Olivia Coleman went up there and just had like a freaking great time. She so started talking about her. the job. She used to be like a like a maid. You yeah, know? and she and she like and she and I loved it. And you're like, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And now she's a good actress. And then 
What else? Any other thing jump out at you from the Oscars? Um, well, we have to talk about you know Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga oh making sweet, sweet love on stage. Basically, it's almost too much at this point. I mean, like, I've seen them perform before, and it's like clearly they're into each other. And then Lady Gaga and her fiance are no longer together. However, Bradley Cooper and his girlfriend they have at least one kid together. Yeah, and she was like, so his girlfriend is like a former or maybe she's a current Russian like supermodel who yes. used to go out with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. So I mean, that's a hot, <laughs> hot couple. Yeah. But anyway, right? they're in the front row and she's sitting in between Cooper and Lady Gaga. I'm like, this has got to be so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Especially when Lady I, Lady Gaga is just like eye raping Bradley Cooper the entire time. Do you time. think, honest question, do you think Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga have made love? Uh, no, I don't think they have. And I think that's the thing. It's the tension thing. They've simulated yeah, you know love, love making, but they have not actually See, physically my done initial, the deed. My initial thought was, yes, they have. But you're right. I think for it to be like there's to be so much fire between the two of them, it has to be one of those like we haven't done it yet. Did you get That's the sense fair. that he was getting a little uncomfortable with the whole thing? Because she was just nonstop with the energy. Yeah. Oh, so much so. And then at the end, she had like this whole comment, like there's a quote about how just – could not be singing the praises more of Bradley Cooper. And what was crazy to me is like, he was like looking out at, he, there were times where he was like looking out at the crowd that he was like looking at the piano, looking at the microphone. She was just laser focused on him the entire time. Yeah. Super uncomfortable, man. That's weird. Yeah. Do you think they'll work together again? And Oh God. Yeah. She'll demand it. She will demand it. Whatever her next film project is, he's directing it. But they, I think will get together at some point. They have to, right? Just because that's one of those. I mean, a lot of movie stars end up dating the people that they're in movies with. Like, they, like Angelina Jolie did that like a bunch of times. Sure did. You know, home Billy wrecker. Bob, Homewrecker. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, it was no, but before that, it was like Johnny Lee Miller. It was Johnny Lee Miller and Hackers. Then it was Billy Bob Thornton. Then it was Brad Pitt. And then no, but also there was somebody else in there. Oh, it was um, uh, Banderas? Was it Antonio Banderas? Angelina Jolie. Was she with Ethan Hawke, maybe? Maybe. No, maybe that's just in a movie. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, you can look into that. There's a few. There's a few. Ryan, also the same weekend was the Razzies, which we have said multiple times would be a more fun show to watch anyway sure. than the Oscars. The worst picture went to Holmes and Watson. Rightfully so, from what I've heard. Haven't seen it, yeah. but yeah. Uh, the worst director was also from Holmes and Watson. The worst actor, this is kind of a cop-out, it went to Donald Trump for Death of a Nation in... Uh, and Fahrenheit eleven nine. I'm like that's kind of that's kind of lame. Like, that doesn't really count, yeah. guys. If, if it's a documentary that's like news footage, like that doesn't yeah. really count. John John C. Riley won worst supporting actor, and then of course Melissa McCarthy won worst actress for both the Happy Time Murders and Life of the Party. How do you feel about that? I feel like Life of the Party. Actually, you know what? At first, I was like, "Oh, Life of the Party must have sucked." I actually saw Life of the Party, and it did suck. <laughs> I feel like Happy Time Murder. She had a couple of really excellent lines. Maybe. You know how I feel about Happy Time Murder. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'll suck your dick for 50 cents. <laughs> well, that's a great price. <laughs> Almost makes me wish I had a dick. <laughs> and that's worst actress material? Please. Please. Who's voting on this shit? Please. Come on. Come on. Um, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this. This is uh, Netflix news. I feel like we have Netflix news every freaking every week. week. The Haunting of Hill House is getting a season two but it's going to be called The Haunting of Bly Manor coming to your Netflix in 2020. Mm-hmm. Any interest in that? I do. I, I'm interested in this. And what I would love to see 
and I hope they do it. I hope they bring one of the people from Hill House to Bly Manor. Yeah, who do you, I who do you think who. I want to see? Oh, Thea. Oh, God, do I want to see more Theo. Yeah, I do. Oh, Theo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theo. Oh, I'd like to see Theo for so, like, sure. They're like, and she can like go in and talk to this family, whatever, and talk about her experiences and be the link between the two. Yeah, but her husband, like her, her husband's a showrunner, so she has to yes, show up somehow. She's got to right? be in there. Yeah. yeah, and then she can like touch them, kind of like right. Rogue does, like you know, skin to skin, and then yep. she'll know the, all their deep dark secrets. Mm-hmm. I like that very much. So, also on Netflix, um, we know that the Punisher's been canceled. Eminem was very pissed. He had an all caps tweet, which you know he means to it. Netflix. So he was obviously quite mad, saying they made a huge mistake canceling the Punisher. And then John Bernthal responded and was like, "You're the man, M." Yeah, like okay. Yeah, if Not Eminem him. Eminem tweets about you, you respond, right? If you Eminem ever added you, how quickly would you respond? Well, it depends on when I woke up from passing out, <laughs> right? And, and <laughs> you clean know? yourself up from pissing your pants. Yeah. From whatever yeah. whatever mess I made, then I would have to wrap my head around it, and then I would yeah. respond, yes, in kind. <laughs> uh, Ryan, this is a movie that I do not want to see, but I probably will see. That would be Space Jam 2. comes out July 16, 2021. That's a long way So we're way ways away. away from that. But I hate LeBron James with the fury of a thousand angry people. And so I hope this movie is trash. I think he sucks. I can't stand him. But here we are. Ryan Coogler directing. Does and that Bugs give it, Bunny. Does it give Lola it a look? Bunny. Lola Bunny's back. Lola Bunny's in it. Yeah. Lola Bunny's in it. So does, he, does it get true. a whiff from you then? Nah, not in the theater. What if it scores over 75? What is the score on Rotten Tomatoes it needs to get for you to see it? 110. 110? You won't see, if it's like 88%, you won't check it? You won't give it a look? Nope, not in the theater. What if Bill Murray's in it? Not in the theater. I'm not giving my money to LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> So many other it. people have, right? I know. Please. He doesn't need it. And I'm not, like not going to take part in that. I, I'm one of those people that and I don't want to, you talk enough sports, so I don't want to get too into this, but I am on the fence with LeBron James. Like there are some things oh, he, you know, he does, wait, hang fence. on. He does some things that are like incredibly generous, incredibly like philanthropic. Like he opened that school and gave all those kids like bikes and did all that. Like wonderful yeah, but stuff. Look into that. Look into that. How much money he actually put into that. But anyway. Okay. But they on paper, like he does things like that. And then he does like the most the next day does like the biggest douchebag thing ever, like in a game. He's on an incredible run right now where he's not playing defense. He's not giving a shit at all. And yet every post game, he's talking about how the guys on the team like don't, don't understand yeah, what it takes yeah. and how he's in playoff mode right now. And yet he's not trying. And then he's getting mad, even though this is the team that he decided to go to. Yeah, and it's and like I, just a joke. And then I saw that clip of someone like throwing up a three-pointer, bricking it, and him just like walking back on defense. Yeah. Like in disgust. Like, like annoyed that the guy missed. Yes. It's like, guess what? You've missed a lot too this year. And right now mm-hmm. they're going to miss the playoffs, which is amazing. That's incredible. I, oh, I love it. And then now you know Portnoy what, it, has been all over this on Barstool yeah. too with some of the stuff where post-game he's throwing everybody under the bus, you know, saying you know, they're selfish and all this stuff. And then he literally goes home and posts something on Instagram. LeBron does about how he's the first guy to like however many points and assists. And you're like, oh my god! Now, the the real person who's who's getting killed in all this is Luke Walton. Like that guy had a good thing going in L.A. and now he's going to get fired because LeBron yeah. doesn't like him. Wants another guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Unbelievable. But anyway, that's sports. Hey Ryan. 
Did you see that there's like a teaser for The Irishman? Yes. Which is a Martin Scorsese film, mm-hmm. and it's going to have Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, who hasn't been in shit in forever, and Harvey Keitel all yeah. in this movie. Are um, these guys too past their prime? Yes. Um, unfortunately, you may be right. I, I, uh, Scorsese, what was Scorsese's last movie? Did he do Wolf of Wall Street? He did, but was that his last one? Nah, it may not may not have been his last one. It, regardless, that movie sucked. I don't, I don't care if that people think that's a hot take. That movie sucks. No, we've talked about it. I do not care for that um, idea. Both Pacino and De Niro haven't been in a good movie in ten years. Neither one of them. Well, but have you seen Dirty Grandpa? I have not, but that was intentional. <laughs> and so Pesci, did, like you said, Pesci's Pe- they pulling Pesci off the shelf just to like get yeah, people to come see this Pesci's movie. In it. He did a movie called Silence <laughs> in uh, 2016, which I didn't see. Wolf of Wall Street was 2013, and he did Hugo in 2011. Yeah, like so. Wolf of Wall Street's his last movie. Like, yeah, get out of yep. here, dude. You're done. Like this is like old, old stuff that I, I just don't care about anymore. You know, if I want to uh, see that movie, I'll watch Goodfellas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the Casino. last movie, or Heat. The last movie that Joe Pesci was in. So he was in a movie where he was just the voice, but forget that one. He was in a movie called Love Ranch in 2010. Yes. Yeah, prior to that, it was prior to that it was The Good Shepherd. Yeah, I saw and those that. Those are the only movies he's been in in the 2000s. That was one of those movies, The Good Shepherd. Was that the one with Matt Damon and Angelina Jolie, where he was like the this head of the he started the CIA? Yes. And yeah. it was the most and, boring and movie Niro, ever. Well, De Niro actually directed that one. Yeah, but so he, he produced and directed it. Yeah, and he was in it for like. 10 minutes, yeah. but it was the most boring movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I think sneaky, like not in very many movies. Matt Damon was in like every scene of that movie. And I think he said like five words the entire movie. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, that's all the news that's uh, fit to print. Ryan, should we get to your news? Sure. All right. It's time for Davey's video game Even if it takes more than a minute. What do you have? So I got two two big releases this week that, I, that I've kind of been keeping my eye on. Um, one of them is called uh, Metro Exodus. So if you've played the Metro movies, I mean, sorry, the Metro games, um, they've always intrigued me, but I've, I haven't really jumped on board yet because it, it seems like a lesser fallout. And yeah, okay. it takes place in Russia. But the things that they, they're doing now with like the crafting system and like you can make your own armor, you can make your own guns and like all this stuff. And uh, there's zombies involved which they call like, like the horde. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in this game. Um, there's a little bit of controversy surrounding it because they, it was supposed to be on steam where most PC games are. They pulled it from steam and put it on Epic, which is like Fortnite mm. and all that stuff. So, yep. um, people were PC gamers were super pissed about it because steam is kind of like our go-to shop where we go to like buy all games and, Oh yeah. Right. And they put it on Epic, which is doing Fortnite. Now, did you know, Richard, second piece of news, Yes. So, I, so put a button on that. I'm interested in that game. It's something I'm, it's getting really good reviews and they're saying that there's a lot of like, I'm not kidding, like Russian Twitter bots or like Russian bots who are flooding Metacritic with positive scores for this game. <laughs> That's bizarre. It does take place in Russia. So that makes sense. Okay. Keepspiracy. Boom. Um, secondly, did you know this month Fortnite's revenue is down 48%? Mm, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Um, Yikes. 
So Apex is still crushing it, but that's awesome. The other game I'm looking forward to, if you're looking into like simple arcade games, I love the Trials games. And there's a new Trial. You know, we played the Trials games with the dirt bike. You know, yes, jump I up did. on stuff. Yeah, I so did. I did play Trials games. There's uh, Trials Rising just came out this week. Um, All right, bunch of customization, really cool tracks. Something I'm looking I'm um, looking into right now. If you like if you like those games, I think it's Red Links makes those games. Okay, cool. Yep. So check that out, and we're done. Oh, and new Overwatch character coming out. Oh yeah, we just found it out yesterday. Baptiste, which yeah, I, I just saw as right before we started this, I looked at his uh, kind of skills. Yeah. Uh, very the interesting. Healer, right? Very interesting. So healer? he is, he's a healer, but also like a, he's like a DPS healer. So it's, it's oh. think of like soldier, right. but more of a healer, which is awesome. So he, he has like a, um, he's like Anna has the grenades that like, um, yes. yeah, so yeah. He, he can, has a grenade launcher on his gun that shoots like health grenades. Oh, um, okay. he also has an ability where he can, you know, a Winston, it's like a Winston shield, but it's an invulnerability shield and mm. it's like super tight. So you can like put like three people in it and they can't get hurt. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Um, I'm going to have to get back into that. Yeah. And his ultimate is he puts up like a wall, like think of like a Reinhardt shield. Yeah. But you can shoot through it and whatever you shoot through that, be it healing or damage gets amplified. Oh, so if you shoot through the wall, like your bullets like are, are amplified. Wow. So it's, it's very, very versatile character. He seems kind of unfair early on. Seems kind of unfair. But the, the purpose of this is they're trying to break the meta. They're trying to break what, professional teams have been doing for like the longest time and it's speaking the games as you as you know the games become like pretty boring um well yeah you start to get certain formulas that are like all right that's yeah and the formula that's been working is three supports three tanks and that's the thing that like most pro teams have been running with um so you have like a lucio a moira and uh whoever like probably and then you have uh winston diva reinhardt and that's like what every team runs Jesus. So, yeah, so it's um a little heavy. It's real heavy, but that's that's they're trying yeah, to get mm-hmm. more uh mid-range like kind of like versatile flex characters in the game. So Baptiste is their answer to that. And that oh. was way longer than I I tried to keep it under a minute and you oh, just sucked me back in. You, you listen, you, it doesn't matter. That's just, why you, you make know, the big bucks. It's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Ryan, uh, let me ask you this. Are you ready for the topic du jour? I'm so upset with you right now. I don't, I don't, I can't even think straight. What do you want to do now? What is this? It's no, it's just the topic of the day. Oh, all right. It's just a funny way of saying it, but it's the topic of the day. And today true detective season three just came to an end this past Sunday. It was on HBO. It was eight episodes, all about an hour long. The last one, maybe about an hour 20 or so. Like we do with all movies and TV shows, we'll go spoiler-free to begin, and we'll go full spoilers, so spoiler-free. Here's just a quick little plot for you, if you haven't dove in yet. Uh, The story takes place in the Ozarks over three separate time periods. In 1980, partner detectives Wayne Hayes, played by Mahershala Ali, now two-time Oscar winner, and Roland West, played by Stephen Dorff, investigate a macabre crime. Macabre. 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 Involving two missing children. In 1990, Hayes and West are subpoenaed after a major break in the case. And then in 2015, a retired Hayes is asked by a true crime documentary producer to look back at the unsolved case. So that's so unlike season one, uh, where they go back and forth between two times, they have three different times for this one. Mm-hmm. But let, before we get, uh, unpack all of that, Ryan, let me let me ask you, did you like it? Oh, yes, I did. I did as well. Oh, yes, I did. I really liked it. Now, let me, did you love it? 
I did. I loved it. Oh, see, I think you like it more than I do then. Yeah, I, I loved it. Okay. And um, for, for reasons we will tell, or shall be foretold. Yes. What mm-hmm. stood out to you the most about it? Because there's one um, very specific thing that stood out for me. What stood out for me and what was kind of the, the beauty of the first season was that they wove kind of two stories together. Um, mm-hmm. But it was done mostly through like your straight flashbacks. You had, you know, Russ, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character telling a story to police officers. And then as he's telling the story, it would cut back to that. You know what I mean? So it was very yeah. straightforward. This, I, what I loved about this, and you know me, uh, master storyteller, Guy loves Rob story. on D. Love I love story. stories. Um, mm-hmm. How it weaved, it was like a three-man weave. Like it was like weaving stories in and out of each other uh, through like kind of this broken mind of, um, that's not a spoiler, but uh, of nope. Wayne no. Purple Haze, right. who in his old age has dementia. So it's weaving these stories in and out. Which I thought it was done seamlessly. Which it was, was real awesome. seamless, and it was you know, but eighty and ninety, you know, there's a there's a clear difference. There's like a haircut difference, yep. and they do a great job making them look. That's that's where the whole ten year challenge thing, which was super popular, like back at back with episode one, that was going making the rounds on Twitter. Yeah, that was really easy to tell. So you weren't like, well, wait a minute, he doesn't know this, and you're like, you no, know, that was super easy. And then obviously you jump another twenty five years, even he. I mean, that's just super easy, obvious. Um, but yeah, what, what stood out to me was that feeling of season one, those scenes of McConaughey and Woody Harrelson together, I think to me are still better than, but Mahershala Ali and Steven Dorff, who was like the most surprising, really strong actor. Yeah, he was great. Um, like Ali is great. He was, he was ridiculous. And I think if this exact same story was told with a different actor, it wouldn't have been as good. Like I, that's how much he stood out to me. But Stephen Dorff kept right up with him. It was almost like watching McConaughey in the first season, where I'm like, I know who McConaughey is. I've seen his movies. I didn't realize he had this in him. Right. I mean, it's like Mud was was kind of like a one of those ones that he did that did that good of acting in, and obviously uh, Dallas Buyers Club. But well, that was after, right? Wasn't was it after? Dallas Buyers Club? I think Dallas Buyers was after. Anyway. I could be wrong, but either way. Yeah, those two guys were were fantastic, and they're yeah. essentially in every scene. Like, or at least one of them is in every scene. Right, and like you said, the, both of them are anchored with like ridiculous performances. So McConaughey mm-hmm. in the first season, and Woody Harrelson does a great job. Like Stephen Dorff oh, yeah. does a great job of yeah. being like the you know. So, um, just an awesome, awesome show. What do you think of the overall story of it? Um, I like, without getting too spoilery, um, I kind of sniffed out. The one of the major plot points early on, okay. Um, and I was still, it's still, I was still like, okay, I want to see if I'm right. Like, it's you know, like sometimes you like, like I get, like you watch like a horror movie and like I know who the killer is like halfway through the movie. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And, and this one I did, but like, and you lose interest. Like this one I didn't. Like I wanted to see if I was right, and I want to see how they played it out. Well, it's so interesting too because the way they bounce around from times, you're trying to say, all right, well. Just when you're making progress, like in 2015, you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, he's still asking questions about something. So then you're like, back to 1980, and you're like, well, I know he doesn't know the answer, or like, or does he? Right. And like, you're kind of like, you're twisting yourself around. And there's like, there's one overall kind of like point, again, which we'll get to, but then there's a bunch of little side details. Right. Right. Like, there's a little like, oh, he has a secret about something, or he Mm -hmm. did this, but it's like trying to get to one thing. Um, So the story was good. The acting was obviously great. I think how it compares to the first two seasons, we've already sort of said it's 
it's in the conversation with the first one. It blows season two out of the water. So if you watch season two and you gave up on season two, forget it. Throw that, you know, away. Rachel McAdams was good. There were some okay other parts along the way. But overall, that was very disappointing. Yeah. This is a sweet bounce back. Well, so I think, you know, the problem with season two, as we discussed before, there's like basically you have four main characters. And when you really just need two. Two, two's it. Two's the sweet spot for you know, the show. Because you had Colin Farrell, you had Rachel McAdams, you had Vince Vaughn, and you had uh, Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins. Whose name, we're just going to call him Tim Riggins because that's who he is. And they're like, I Rachel think it's McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, but like, Rachel McAdams yeah. was awesome. Rachel McAdams was really strong. Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell had his moments. Yeah. He was pretty good. Vince Vaughn, who I, you know I love, was just out of place. He's not a bad guy. No, he's not. He really isn't. Like, yeah, but anyway. Um, so anyway, I would say season one is better. Season one, though, I probably gave a six out of six to. So, like, I really liked season yeah, one. Yeah, I really, so I think that it was going to be hard to top. But as I was watching, I'm like, oh man, like this, this thing's got a chance. It's in there. But and I got to rewatch season one too. But I just my my thought is this is good, borderline great. But it still to me doesn't touch season one. And to me, the reason I give I give this season the slight edge is because I feel like season one. Uh, again, this might be a little bit of a hot hot take. Um, I thought they did a little too much with Woody Harrelson. Okay. When McConaughey was actually the thing. Now, McConaughey was great. Woody Harrelson's character, not to to keep our male listeners involved, um, some of the best nudity on cable I've ever seen. In correct. <laughs> True Detective season that one, is, Woody Harrelson was responsible for all of that. Um, yeah. His character, anyway. Um, but like, I felt like his story was no kind nudity of like, in this. I don't think was there that? nudity in this. Was there nudity in this season? I don't uh, think so. No, uh, I don't think not so. really. I think you saw a tush, a, a male tushy, maybe once perhaps or twice. A, perhaps a tush. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no nudity. But uh, the story didn't call for it, which is which is fine. But I would get. Uh, so I felt like Stephen Dorff's character was a little little more understated. Was more of a, an mm-hmm. actual support to Mahershala Ali's character, which I felt was a little bit better. It was the story was a little cleaner, you know. Yeah. What would your hashtag dork score be then for this season? Five and a half. Okay. Because I was leaning, I was going four and a half. Maybe I could go flaccid five. <laughs> you All know? Right. Yeah. Tube sock I think, five. I, th- I, think, I think I'm right there. I Because I definitely liked it. And, you know, I'm not afraid to give a six. So I would maybe say season one, just that eight episodes was probably a six. This was below that but but definitely good so anything else non i mean obviously we both recommend it go watch if you haven't watched it it's on demand check it out uh let us know what you think anything else non-spoiler you want to hit on i think some of the side characters were good obviously yes. ali and door for the main ones but the other characters um no real weak links no like ugh, this guy sucks or this girl sucks or this kid so they're all pretty good they're all pretty good. Uh, I was getting tired of the one character that I, and I think it was intentional that you're not supposed to like her, but the, the mother of the children, Lucy. Yeah. Anytime she was on screen, I was like, Ugh. like I just, you know, didn't or, and her brother or the cousin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. those two losers like that, that was, yeah, but that, that served a purpose. We'll get into it in spoilers. All right, here we go. Spoilers, 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 spoilers for season three of true detective. What was the thing that you picked up on right away, or like the plot point that you thought you, you figured out that the mother that the mother sold the kids? And yeah, the thing, because okay, it was in the note. She said she said, you know, she said to Mahershala Ali's wife, who was writing the book, and she's it was in the ransom note that children should laugh. Like they both said that, and like so that's really one of the overarching 
points of the entire like 2015 run yeah. is that uh, Purple Haze had not read his wife's book. And had he read the book, there were so many details that he really could have figured out. Like, right. From so there. the one at the, the, one at the end. Yeah. Because he must have, I'm guessing, like, just thought that, like, the information is, like, what he told her. But clearly she also did other work and talked to other people. Right. And there's, there's whenever she's talking to um, somebody who is, you know, involved with this, this crime, that this unsolved crime, she never tells him about it. Like, she goes to the woman right. who made the dolls. She goes to Lucy and talks to her about that. And it's so funny that these two people are in such, they're working, and they make this point of saying in the last episode that, like, our whole relationship is this case, because they met when he was working this case. Exactly. And she was getting involved. She was a teacher of one of the kids, the, the brother. So, like, this whole, and, but they never talked about it. You know no, what I mean? Like, I they existed around it, but they never talked about it. Like, she wrote this best-selling book, and he never read it. And there was information in there that had he read it, he would have come to that conclusion a lot sooner. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Like, a, and there's a few things in there too. And then even like the the crazy thing at the end, which I guess we can get into. But like, it goes to show you, it's another one where even when you think like, is this like, is this a wasted scene or like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. I don't know if every single one of them paid off, but like, m- certainly way more than in most shows. You know, yeah. Like, but this come back to it. And this is one of the things I really liked about this show is they kind of like threw you. Like three, like like curveballs sometimes. Like there was a whole thing yeah. with. Uh, it's almost like a in like the way the so the the finale really is like an ending, and they explain to you what happens, which is fine with me. But then there's sort of like a double ending, you know, right. or like in a way like a triple ending. Like here, here's how it ends, but here's also maybe what ha- what could have happened because they don't even really confirm like that little dream that he has. No. And the other thing too that that, that really threw me is like his relationship with his daughter. Like they alluded to it. You don't see her a lot. And she, she's no. clearly an adult now. But, no. like, you think in your mind, you're, like, you're thinking, like, something happened with those two. Like, something yeah. bad happened. And it turns out, like, nothing really did. You know, like, no. they're fine. It's, Unless I yeah, missed that. It, no, I know. And, like, the relationship, I mean, the two most important relationships, I would say, in the whole show are uh, Wayne Hayes with Roland and yep. Wayne Hayes with Amelia. Like, yes. those that is the whole thing. And the one with Amelia, like what an odd relationship. And it was like kind of hard to figure out where they were too. Cause like, I feel like just when you were getting a sense of like what they were like together in 1990, they jump back to 80 and then she's obviously dead in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to 80 and you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, are they together? Like, did they divorce? Like what, like what was going on there? But then there was that one shot where he was like working as like the campus security guard and she was teaching at like the university. Oh yeah, that's right. It was yeah, like so that what, one whatever year that was. In between, that was like it was like an in between shot, and it was only one yeah. shot. So like you're like, weird. okay, that ties that up. They were fine, you know. That was weird, but that was also so messed up because he's obviously kind of blaming. He's he wouldn't throw Amelia under the bus because like so obviously she writes the book and they come to him and they're like, listen, you gotta you gotta write your own little thing or at least you know we'll write it and you'll sign off on it and saying that like she made it all up. And right. he, he wouldn't do that, and yet. Now he's like a he's working a desk for like years and years and years, which is crazy. And then like you would think that they and you see him have that interaction with her when they're talking about like how he wouldn't sign it, and he's like throws her her stuff and's like get out of my house, you know what I mean? And then the yeah. next scene they're like he's basically proposing to her. He proposes, so to it's her. A, it's he a it's a super it. weird relationship. Yeah. But you think it's a relationship that's going to fail, and it doesn't. Like it it's you see that it kind of goes on after mm-hmm. that, and there's that whole mm-hmm. scene with. 
when they're sitting at the VFW or whatever, and he's having the drink and there, he's basically trying to tell that he, he killed a guy and then he's, he's, yeah. and he's, he's like, I'm quitting. And then, yeah. so from that moment like, on, why? she's like, why were you burning clothes into that barrel again at 3am? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not telling <laughs> yeah. you because first yeah, of all, you're going to, and she basically stops. And remember he said like, she stopped writing that book for personal reasons. Right. And it all had to do with the Hoyt guy being like telling him and telling her to stop. Yeah, that's right. And what about the reveal of Edward Hoyt being Michael Rooker? I knew as soon as I heard him on the vo- on, um, on, on the phone. I knew exactly who it was. Yeah, that's true. He could hear the voice. And he has he, that and voice. You eventually yeah. see him later on. No, that's true. Uh, the relationship between Hayes and Roland obviously is, uh, I think, just the best and really well done. But also, you know, Roland brings him back 10 years later to bring him back on the same case. And then it's really messed up when they get reunited in 2015. They hadn't spoke, right, in like 25 years. Yep. And then they had, and then it was just like, I don't know. Like, it's tricky because I sometimes in movies get a little annoyed with like memory loss kind of angles. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I'm obviously aware that like dementia exists. It's the worst. Dementia is awful. You know, Alzheimer's, all that stuff is terrible. But it was weird to me to have them literally try to like solve this case now. And they're, they were like super old, like on top of the dementia. Right. Like what, were they almost too old for you or you didn't so mind that? I'm like, that, no, I think that were they like in their seventies, maybe if I would say at least. Yeah. So, but you, and it's, it's funny too, because you think that in your mind, you go to that place where like Steven Dorff's character is, is Roland is like this asshole who's mm-hmm. like, but you find out like he tried to help him twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was that time where they wanted him to sign that press release. He said, no, he became the typist. Then 10 years later, he brings him back and he's like, I'm doing you a favor. Right. Cause he, cause he moved up the ranks cause he just did yeah. pretty much what he needed to do, but he was able to bring him back and bring him on that exact case again. And then he, and then, and then he then fucked he, up again. So he's like, and then he help, but then he helps him again. And then he's moving in with the guy at the right. end. Someone's going to watch he's him. Like, I'll bring the, you know? he's, he's got a million dogs. So, you know, I love him. I'm like, that was just fantastic. <laughs> and he's, he bring, he's like, I'm going to live with you a couple nights a week. And then, you know, Purple Haze's son, who is uh, the dude who plays Cyborg in Justice League. Yep. He was he was pretty good. But what was also interesting was, and I think I might have watched this in one of the, uh, like, behind the episode type of things. You know, like, at the very end, they have, like, the yeah. director or the producer talking about it. And one of them was kind of proving out, and I thought, I kind of suspected this, but I wasn't 100% sure, that the reason why... Uh, I just keep calling him a different name every time. The reason why Wayne Hayes decided to do the true crime documentary thing was probably one to see what they knew. Yes. But on the other hand, also specifically though, what they knew about him because he had gotten away with that murder for decades. Yes. Right. And he wanted, like, I, I think, think he that was, was also what it was, was like, mm-hmm. all right, well you guys also have additional information, but is like any of that on me? Right. And clearly it wasn't, they didn't know. They didn't know. Which is he which is good. One. He got away with that. He got, got away with that one. He, both of them did. He got a. He got a, They both got away with a with a kill there. But the, it was crazy. There was a different twist on it too. And like I had just seen abducted in plain sight, and I had just watched some other documentary. And then so as I'm watching True Detective, I'm like, oh my god, again with the child molesters. Like, yeah. Here we, here we go again. And so this is a little bit of a twist on it as you find out that the Hoyts and you knew the Hoyts were super shady. Like every time they were like mentioned and brought up in the way the town is. But you find out that the Hoyt had a husband and a daughter that got into a crash 
And then so she just loses her mind. And, and right. they even say, like, sad, like the guy with the one eye. It's like, she was sad, but, like, sadder than you would be. Right. And so she spots the kid and is like, I want, like, I basically want, like, a new daughter. So as far as we know, none of them were molested. But it didn't seem like that's what it was. Like, they just would kidnap them and then perverts would go to the farm. That's what and I that's, thought. Yeah, and that's what was... I really liked about it. And my wife and I were talking about it. Like if they went down like the pedophile ring thing, like it would have almost been, it would have been almost been too easy. And they even bring in, they bring in um, McConaughey and Harrelson. Like they bring up that story to kind of fake you out. So by the way, that is the, what I'm looking for. If it's a shared universe, you don't have to be so over the top aggressive with it. Like I didn't need McConaughey to swoop in and be like, Hey, like let's solve this crime together. I didn't need that. But if you have a little like newspaper clipping all like shown on a computer of McConaughey and Harrelson talking about what they did from season one, all in love that. So we know that they, they exist in the same universe. That's perfect. That's all I was looking for the goddamn MCU to do with the Netflix characters. That's it. Just mention that's it. Be like, how about that lunatic with the machine guns and the skull on, on the chest in, in New York? That's all I needed. One time. And Richard, let me ask you this. So one and the, the other thing, the thing I found about the pedophile ring stuff too is like it's almost it's a shock for like shock's sake. Like, oh, we're messing with kids. You know what I mean? Like that's gonna that's gonna put people on edge immediately, no matter because well, if you're a human it's being. It's the worst thing. It's the right. worst thing. You go and so it's you like, go to, all right, here it is. But it's, that's all we got. What I loved is that at the end of this whole thing, she's fine. Like that's the shock ending to me. And the whole thing is like, she's fine. Yeah. Like she got married. She has a daughter. She has a nice house. Like her husband, like and, owns his own company. Like there's like, she's fine. And like, and people so that's definitely her, her, right? You think, I think that's so. Definitely her. I think so. I, I think, and I think um, and cause he basically, he came to that conclusion though, talking to his like ghost wife, right? Like that's where he got it. But I assume yep. it's also cause he was, he was, he had been reading her book. He had also been going through his old notes. He had been talking to the true crime lady. He had been talking to Roland. So maybe all that together, he came up with that. Mm-hmm. And, and he saw the then, little girl at the convent who looked like her. Her right. name was Lucy, which was her mother's name. Right. And then she drives to that. He drives to the house. Yeah. Do you think he really forgot why he was there? So with my wife and I went back and forth on this one too. Like, was he pretending? Yeah. I don't think he was, but like, that would have been like, I don't I know. I, I don't think he was. Well, he. Uh, it's hard to say, really. But I wonder because as soon as he was, he drank the water. He like looked at him differently, and not that that's how that works. You, you know, like, yeah, you know that's not mean? how dementia but works. But you I'm don't just, drink water. No, and you're fine. <laughs> Imagine if it was just just keep just drinking have, water, please, water. for the love of God. Yeah. But that I I thought something kind of clicked in him. And that's why I wonder if at any point while he was talking to them, if you realized what it was, but he was like, all right, they seem fine. Like why? Yeah, maybe, maybe he was like, bring this on. Him? Yeah. Like she seemed fine. And she didn't want to like rock. He didn't want to open that can of worms again and like freak her out. But maybe he just like gave her a look and being like, I know. And like, there was that scene where he's sitting with on the porch with his family drinking tea, which we all want to get to that point in our lives. Don't we, Richard? Where we're oh, sitting with it. our friends and our family. Having that's a sweet all I tea. want. That's all I want. Actually, I go unsweet tea. You just go straight tea. I know. I'm sweet enough. Oh, you did it. Yeah, I don't. I don't need it. No, but the other thing was, like, what a great callback to the scene in the early episodes where Amelia is talking to the kid at school about the girl, right? Yeah. And like, and who ends up we we think anyway ends up being the husband and the father now, but. 
she's talking all to him and he's like she's like and you're like all right well all right she's just getting like intel i guess here but like what is this what is this the point of this right and then that ends up having like a real a real uh payoff to it because like my point before about the finale and then sort of the twist so like it ends and basically it's just like revealed okay like how much the biological parents were really involved how much they knew who actually killed the boy which yep. we find you know it's an accident but they killed the boy and then where the girl had been staying so you get that whole reveal and you're like oh okay but even then but when then i got the that little, one i was like that's yeah. a little too clean for me no, it is. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I know there's like 20 minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so there's there's all that. And you're like, all right, well, that's nice. But then like, what else? And then like the nuns kind of throw you for a loop because they're like, oh, there's her gravestone. Like she came in here married like May, July, like like just like summer. And then like, nope. Like yeah. they, they kind of, they threw you off. Now, did that, so that young nun, did she have a tattoo on her face? Or was that a birthmark? I couldn't tell. I I don't. It might have been a tattoo. It looked like it a seems tattoo. Like they kinda. were very accepting of. Yeah. Because didn't they say that she had like AIDS? Isn't that what they said? Well, I or think I think the idea was like they sold them on this idea that like okay, you know, like yes, she was picked. She'd done some things in her past, and she wasn't right. happy with them. But she did. She tried to do the best she could, and like that's an easy, especially given the time period. Like that's a very easy thing to be like. AIDS was rampant in the late 80s, early 90s. So like yeah, that would have right. made HIV and AIDS. So like that would have made sense. Well, so the whole thing too, where you see her on the surveillance tape and like that drove Hayes nuts, you know, mm-hmm. like they saw her on the surveillance tape. And then, so then he also brought it to the father, you know, cause the father was a real mess in this. Yes. Um, Tom, Tom Purcell played by Scoot McNary. He's a grown man he going was, by the name Scoot. His name's Scoot. Yeah, his, his real name apparently is Scoot. But uh, so that whole thing, too, where so you're like, all right, so she escaped or like what what was going on with her? Because then there was that other scene where they were like, remember they had the audio of her and she was like, tell yeah. her to stop looking for me and everything like, else. Like it, it was. But remember, there was that whole thing where like she was being fed lithium the whole time. She didn't really know who like people were. So like that the woman, Isabel, who said she was her mom, like could have been lying right. to her and saying like that guy isn't your dad, you know? Yeah. Oh, so that's sort of like um, uh, sharp objects. Right. It's like she had been, like, fed these, and she didn't know, because remember there's a whole thing, she didn't know who she was. Right, right, right. Okay, so that makes sense. So that's where they got the the recordings from and everything else. But so then, and then she escaped, and then the dude with the the one eye who... Mr. June. Mr. June, they were talking about him, like, episode two or three, and then ultimately comes back to him, but what was weird too is, so this guy obviously had like a bit of a guilty conscience because remember he went to the book Amelia's book signing, yes, and was like screaming at, like ranting and raving about. It. He's like, you mm-hmm. don't know what the happened to the girl, and you're like, what is this guy's problem? And then it turns out he knew exactly what happened to her, and then he helped her escape. Mm-hmm. But that was also kind of weird, where he's just like, all right, like punish me, and they're like, that no, we can't. <laughs> they're like, we don't. We, well, we, they, we don't they have, have like guns power. and badges, and then he hits them with the we don't have the authority to bring you in. He's that like, was You're supposed that to was punish really me. good. And he, that was really good. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to live with this anymore. I'm like, well, we've been living this with this our whole lives. So basically. What did you think? And I thought this was a nice touch, especially for like the, the modern, well, close enough to modern 2015 time, was the uh, Elisa Montgomery, who was the uh, true crime documentary filmmaker. Yes. Like, there's just so many of these goddamn documentaries now. There's and so like, many. And like, people love this stuff. Like, you, you look, yeah. watch like NBC or CBS on like a Friday night. And that's all they call it, it what they call like murder porn. Like that's that's all over the place. I it blame I blame making a murderer stop. for all of this. 
Yeah, I think the combination of making a murderer and serial have gotten everybody just crazy for it. Yeah, and like, like, the, there, like this actually, whole Jeffrey Dahmer other, thing and yeah. What was the one – ah, shit. Those three kids that they said uh, – and they did, uh, they did three kids that they said killed other kids. And there was – they were like teenagers, I guess, yeah, that killed yeah. these kids. I can't remember. They thought that they did. And then they did documentaries like – Three separate years. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me nuts. What was the name of it? Slender Man. But anyway, <laughs> yep, you you pinpointed it. It was Slender Man. <laughs> um, anything else? Anything from the other characters stand out to you? I thought the son did a good job, like for that character again. He was good. Who plays Cyborg? He was um, really good. Uh, the, the one character that I I thought was involved with it that they threw me another okie doke was the DA. I thought the DA would have had something to do with it. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who played Harris James, who was the guy who was the cop who was like planning evidence, and all, I thought he was really good. Yeah, and they killed his um, ass. They did. Oh, this is it. The Paradise Lost was the name of oh, the series. Okay. I don't yeah, know if yeah. you saw that, but those were crazy. No, I knew of it though. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was nuts. Um, any? Let's see. What else? Was there any other twists in there? Um, no, I think mainly like. Because at one point they do, they, before they reveal it, they suggest that Hayes has a secret. And you're like, all right, well, what is this? And like, how long has he kept this secret? And then right. it ultimately is the guy that he murdered. And so Roland was there for that. So he he was on board. Yeah, because they kept, they kept mentioning like, what you, you know what we did. You know what we did. Yeah. And you're like, you're waiting to see like what they did, you know? So it's, it sounds like you liked the finale. Because that was another thing that was going around on Twitter was like a lot of people were kind of split on whether they liked the finale, which I, they also said the same thing about season one. You remember so did, season one it, wasn't unanimously loved finale. Right. Cause it was, that one was kind of weird. Remember they like Woody Harrelson, like busted him out of the hospital and they were like looking at the stars. It was like some, it was like super weird. It was really weird. And I just remembered like, to me, the first seven episodes were even better than this one. And so like, it was just such like a, all right, how are how are they possibly going to top themselves? And then they kind of didn't. Yeah. So this one, and again, like the most shocking ending you can have in a story, like a true crime story like this is like, she's fine. Yeah. Leave her alone. Yeah. That's probably as crazy as you can get. Like what's scarier than, than something. Then what's, well, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) What's scarier than nothing. Well, I don't know. Something. Yeah. Something has to be. No, but like, yeah. (laughs) But to me, I mean, I think that was the best way you could end it was be like, like, no, Mm -hmm. she figured it out. Like she, and she's, Honestly, the whole point of her going to live with the Hoyts was she was going to get a better life, and she did it. Just not in the way they yes. thought that she was going to, but she did it, you know? Yeah. So just – wait, explain this to me again. So the father was not aware, He was right? not aware of it. No, and remember there was a but whole thing like he, was, he could have been gay. Like he, he wasn't their real father. Right, right, Especially right. hers. Now, now, did they ever pay off the – uh, that one room at the Hoyt, or not the Hoyts, at the at the the kids' house, uh, or the Purcells. Yes. Did they ever pay off the, like the hole that was in like the yeah, door? Were, so you could, the like, kids see were it? like passing notes through the hole. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. It was notes. That's right. They did. They did do that. Because that was the other thing where I'm like, oh my god, like is it is it kids and stuff? Like pedophilia that's the thing. Again? Like the I'm whole like, thing. You like deal uh, with this? Is it more pedophile stuff? Because that like, seems like an easy scare for everybody. Yeah. And they're like, no, that it was wasn't that. Fear. It wasn't that at all. That was a real pleasant surprise. Now, it was yeah. still a grown woman drugging a child. But so that's like, bad. What, 
So that's selling children is bad. We're not saying that's okay. Definitely terrible. But from what we know, none of them were sexually assaulted. Right. Right. Oh, also the the who they pinned the child murder on the first time around. Oh, that, that was a pretty sucked. wild scene. I really liked that That's, guy. Well, it did suck. That guy was great. Yeah, but that was a pretty crazy scene. Like when they when they finally got to his house and then uh, he made Wayne kill him. Yeah, that was messed up. Mm-hmm. That was really messed up. But that was still yeah. Uh, Brett Woodard. Woodard. Yep. The the trash collector who was a Vietnam vet. That was. That was pretty crazy, but they were always just trying to like, oh, uh, case is solved, and like Hayes is like, no, that, that's not like, him. No, like, like, no, it's done. We're done here. Stop. And that was pretty good clues too. When like when they went to visit the guy who was working at the Hoyts, and they're like, yeah, you the guy that found the backpack. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just like, what the fuck is up? Now with you get you, now sir? you get this really cushy like six figure job. You know, mm-hmm. you, um, I thought that was really cool too. And like you know, once the the Hoyts went away, like the town died. So like there's a vested interest yeah. in all the people involved in the town that like we need to keep them here because they're basically on the town. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, Ryan. It's a great, it's a good show. Else? It's oh, a good show. Do you, want a, do you want a season four? Yes. Let me, let me pitch something to you. Sure. Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> and he plays every character. <laughs> 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 Who would you cast as your as your next true detectives? Honestly, it'd be Michael B. Jordan and Yeah, it's gotta be You know what like the I think what you could do, I kinda like this pairing in the sense that you have one guy who is like red hot and is in Oscar movies and is like yep. an Oscar winner, and then you have another guy that you're like, oh shit, like he's still making stuff, and then he puts in a performance like that. So maybe Michael B. Jordan could be like my Mahershala Ali version, like a guy who's in all these current movies, and then like I don't know, Brendan Fraser, or <laughs> yeah, or like somebody who's like a like a known entity, who's like mm-hmm. who can kill it as an actor or actress who you haven't heard from in a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of that. Like somebody that like Quentin Tarantino would bring back. Like what if you had? I'm just spitballing here. Like what if you had right. like a um. Throwing it out there, like a Jodie Foster. How about this? Jodie Foster and Carrie Coon. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That would work. Or like you go like uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jodie Foster. Oh, that that might be good. See what I'm saying? Forget the. You can't do four. It's got to be two. It's got to be two main characters for sure. You could go guy, girl. You could go two girls. You could go, because they haven't done that yet. And McAdams was so good. Here's a good one. Ready? If I'm going, I'm I'm on a guy, girl thing right now. Okay. Tom Hardy, Hillary Swank. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's good acting chops. That's good acting chops. Let me ask you this. Does season four have to involve missing children? No. Let's hope not. Let's do something else. The first, the one and three did, two didn't. So that's where we are. I know. So maybe you you do have to. Maybe you do have to. Or maybe it's like a... um, It's when the stakes are the highest. And I feel like that's what people are like detectives, especially are most invested in is like children. You know, I think that's, that's yeah. the idea. The well you go back to all the time is like, what, what can everybody gather around? You know, you can't do, what a, if, you can't do like a, a eight episode season of like missing puppies. Pe- people would get behind that. People would be, uh, you, especially love you puppies. I'd be too sick. I'd be too sick by You'd wondering sick if they were getting the nutrition. I couldn't do it. What if this, what if they were trying to stop a group of big game hunters? 
that kept killing uh, elephants. I mean, you have some, might have something there. And um, then you got to stop them because, like, the tusk trade is through the roof and everybody's, like, they're moving tusks. You know what I love, though, about Nick Pizzolatto is, like, the guy who wrote, who, who's the guy who you see after the episodes who wrote, uh, who's, like, the showrunner for this whole thing. Oh, he's the, he's the main dude, but I got something on him in a second, too. So go he, ahead. He writes, you forget that there are, like, these places in America that, like, nobody fucking goes to. Yeah. I mean, he does a good job. This is, I mean, like he writes those places. places better than anybody. Yeah, he is really good at that. Like, when have you? When will you ever in your life be find yourself in like Northwest Arkansas? Like, never. I will never go there. Never. I will never go. Like, there. I don't want to go there. I won't. Yeah. I've been doing some reading, and it sounds like season one was so good, but he had other people working with him, and like this was his. It was his baby. It was his whole mm-hmm. thing. But then season two, he had like almost all control. I think he directed some too, which might not have been the best. Thing. Oh, he dir- he directed some of this season too. Yeah, so he I think he figured it episode, out. Yeah, he directed episode four and five. That was it. And now he let me wrote ask you or this: co-wrote all of them, which is fine. Which is great. But I think co-writing of some of them and handing off the direction was also important. Let me ask you this: for any and yeah. all dramatic series on cable moving forward, even on Netflix or any streaming service. I kind of feel like eight episodes is the sweet spot. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because I was just interested enough and I was like, okay, I'm starting to like get to the end, which is nice. Um, I think no, for anything, worth, eight episodes uh, is, the, is the sweet spot. And hard to bail on eight episodes. Exactly. You know, like if you're four in, like, cause you know, I get, I want to see how things are going to end. I'm, I'm curious, like a cat, Ryan. So yeah, that's gonna. That's why they call we. That's why we call you Whiskers. That's right. They have for years because I want to see how these things are going to end. <laughs> so we certainly want a season four. You guys can hit us up on Twitter at Dork Podcast or uh, email us dorkpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about this season. Davey gives it a five and a half. I give it a five. A soft five. Mm-hmm. Let us know what score you give it. Also, let us know what your perfect season four pairing would be. I think I'm well, maybe Carrie Coon, Michael B. Jordan might be my hey. duo. Oh, well, I yeah, don't think you could handle it. that. I don't think I could either. I don't think that'd be, that'd be tough. You know, we haven't heard from him about the show. Who's that? What about like Denzel? Oh. Denzel would be great. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of people we, who are mega stars who we just like haven't heard from in a while. Tom Hanks? I don't think this is a Tom Hanks thing. Joe Pesci. <laughs> Harvey Keitel. What about Robert like... Niro and Al Pacino. <laughs> directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> you know that? Remember the, Godf- you remember the Godfather? Huh? I, sure, huh? I sure do. You know? Could you get Robert... Could you get Bobby Duvall? <laughs> What's he doing? What do you think? I don't know. How about this? I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah. All right, I'm sitting S- down. Scott Kahn? James Kahn? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Little father, son. This? You have James Conn, this prolific actor, and his little little leprechaun son, James, uh, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> How about Alec Baldwin? <laughs> Billy Baldwin? Everyone but Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. Nope, we don't want Stephen. No, all right. Yeah. No Stephen Baldwin. Oh, That's man. probably it. All right, Ryan. Let's do it. Let's go to the pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Kick, receive, defer, or you may also defend a goal. I will receive this one. No, oh, go ahead. Out of character for me. 
Um, this, this is the easiest pick of the pod I've ever had. Um, I'm uh, so much so that I'm going to throw in a supplemental one. If you haven't read, you're not a reader. If you haven't read Nick Pizzolatto's Galveston, which is a book, uh, a novel he wrote. Um, if you like true detective, uh, check this book out. It's an awesome book. Um, just check it out. If you, if you like his okay. stuff, you'll like this. Yeah. And the easiest one t- today, Richard, I pre-ordered it. It's in, it's just sitting there waiting for me. It's staring me in the face. Um, today into the spider verse is on available to download on digital. So I bought it. It's Ooh, mine. now. That's nice. I have it forever. Oh, good for you. Yep. Congratulations. That is really nice. That is really nice. Arguably, the arguably pod, yeah. the best mm. comic book movie ever made. Arguable, arguable. You could make the argument. Argu- arguable. It's on the short list. I would still put it's in the uh, top five. Let's see. I would still put, Guardians 1, Dark Knight, and Logan all ahead of it. Then you probably got a conversation. Did you? I liked, I think I liked Infinity War better. It is. I will say this. It's in the mix, though. There's no doubt. It's the best Spider-Man movie. I like Homecoming more. Tom Holland is the best actor to play Spider-Man. I will give you that. (laughs) Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. And you know who was also in Spider-Verse? Who's that? Herschel Ali. Yes, he was. How do you like that? How do you like that? Nick May Cage. Pick of the pod. Yeah. Pick of the pod. So Herschel Ali also going to factor into my pick of the pod. I know I've mentioned it several times, but I haven't had it as a pick of the pod yet. But uh, Green Room, check it out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I am an idiot for enjoying this movie. But I really, I liked it. I thought it was great. I, I came away. Uh, having a nice time, and I thought he was really good in it. Vigo Mortensen was really good. Linda Cardellini was very oh. good in it as well. So check out Green Room. Uh, no, Green Green book. Room. Green Book, and not Green Room. room. Watch, check out Green no, Room, too. Watch, watch them both. <laughs> kidding me? Oh, Richard, I have, both. I have one more pick of the pod. Yes, please. Um, they just announced that they are going to release the entire collection of Spider-Man Noir in one book. Oh, that's pretty cool. So there you go. And, of course, check out the latest episode of Mac and Goo, where you can hear Davey and I dominate another movie draft. Yes. All that is for you. Next week, Ryan, i got to check ahead. It may be another uh, free play. Uh, email? Mailbag? Mailbag. Oh, actually, you know what we also have to do? Dork Madness 4. Dork we Madness 4. fill out the field for Dork Madness 4, so we can get into that. Maybe we can even talk about it as the episode. Dork Madness we'll 4, The Quest for Peace? Is that what that one is? That's it. Dork Madness 4. A quest for peace. That's what we're going to be doing. There we go. And hopefully we'll find it at the end of the day. You can rate, review, and subscribe on the iTunes hashtag dork. I already gave you the Twitter, the email, uh, youtube.com slash dork podcast. Oh, that'd be another pick of the pod. Go to our YouTube channel, Chris Scheim, our buddy Scheim Time, who has hosted on this before. Mm -hmm. He did a six-minute recap of season one of Game of Thrones, and it is fantastic. And I will tell you this as a spoiler, gang. I hear tell. I've heard stories about Chris Scheim. He did this, yeah. I'm not kidding, no script from memory. True or false? Oh, he's insane. He is, he's one of these guys, he did a Pokemon episode on Mac and Goo. He went in there, and they were just drafting Pokemon. He went in there with no notes and knew all of their stats and ridiculous names. Yeah. He also, again, I think he did, you told me, he did the whole Game of Thrones six-minute recap with no notes. Yeah. Just sits down and crushes it. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> so that's Ryan, something. You can check it. 
Yeah, so that's strong. And I added a bunch of pictures to it. So I can tell you to go onto YouTube and check it out. It's very enjoyable. To, and he's going to be doing them for every season. He's going to be released first on Mac and Goo on their podcast on, I think, Fridays. And then I'm going to try to upload it to YouTube. I don't know if I'm going to do the whole picture montage every time, but I'm at least going to put it on our YouTube channel, getting you ready for season eight, the final season of Game of Thrones, which comes around April 14th. That'd be a week after our live show, which is uh, in or at Idle Hands. Um, Ryan, you can, you, you can find you twitching, find me twitching. Um, we're going to get back on a regular schedule soon. Um, it's going to be kind of the up in the air. Things are, things are in flux. We're trying to figure out, we're trying to nail it okay. down. Um, when the schedule will be, I know it's not been very regular, but they've been enjoyable, but you had a nice time. You had, but it, you but had you a had good a time. Nice time. Um, I'm and working. So if, they, if you follow, if you follow Davey at R Von D, he'll also yep. tweet out when he goes live. So you can usually just click it from there too. I'm also messing around with a website called rabbit, which you can actually, I can play a movie and have like a, like a camera on me and we can chat and talk about the movie as we're all watching it instead of just like sitting there watching me talking about the movie. Um, oh, that's a good idea. So I'm working to see how that whole thing works. So we'll, we'll get something going. All right. Uh, Ryan, another perfect episode, sir. Nailed it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 